I mean, realistically, there was that one time that you and I and the other people from uh, the other our other friends from uh, MSU stayed up and finished all of The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah. Just one 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 round in one sitting. It was perfect. That's why I don't remember anything from that game. I, I remember the thing that annoyed me the most, but I feel awkward talking about it since the show's on now and people might be discovering it for the the first time yeah that that's true i mean I, I i will say generally i didn't like the ending yeah that, that, that i remember we started to have a a well i was getting heated because i was tired and someone else <laughs> that was at your house was getting opposite they were heated but in the opposite way so yeah. then and then we were like all right hold on hold on it's like nine in the morning and we've been up all night let's mm-hmm. stop this conversation we looked at each other like oh yeah good idea <laughs> yeah then I rode my bike home like a mile and a half or two miles or something. <laughs> I still can't believe that Actually, like it had been like three miles. Man, imagine being in your 20s and doing something like having like an all nighter video game marathon and then riding your bike for two miles. I mean, at I, I like do it. nine in the morning after not sleeping. I, I could do it right now for sure. For sure. I mean, heck, I casually stay up till, you know, all odds all odd hours just to just to play a little bit more video games you know the, the best the best part of the the last of Us story for me was that you invited us over i rode my bike to the GameStop that's sort of in between where i lived and where you lived i i, I had to i'm thinking it was th- at least three miles away maybe even a little more i'm not sure but anyways I, I rode my bike to GameStop. i bought the game new and since it was like that day i guess that i got a pre-order on part of the um like I got a pre-order bonus for it, and since we beat it in one day, I just re- I just sold it on eBay the next day for basically full price because it had the pre-order bonus. <laughs> mm. Yeah, good old pre-order bonuses. That was that was fun. <laughs> hey, what do you know about Marvel Snap? Uh, my friend messaged me this morning saying it's his favorite. Um, Okay, I'll I'll stop you right there. It's way too early to be for anyone to be calling it their favorite anything. Yeah, I think he just meant he's excited because it felt like it felt sort of like how Hearthstone felt when it first came out. Like there was a lot of promise and a lot of possibility. Yeah, he was excited about a card battling game and he was, you know, just like, dude, check it out. It's neat. Listen, I I heard enough about it over the last couple weeks that I downloaded it and I started playing it and I played it a bunch for the I played it. I probably downloaded it like three or four days ago. Um, I played it a lot since then and have since gotten Jesse to download it also. Oh, cool. Um, It's really fun. I actually do recommend it. Wow. It Um, does have uh, I played a little bit of Hearthstone. mm -hmm. Um. But by the time I got into Hearthstone, first of all, I didn't really get into it because I wanted to. I got into it because it was a work thing. And it's like, hey, so uh, what do you know about like the top 10 games on Twitch? And I was like, I was looking through what the top 10 games on Twitch were at the, at the time. And I was like, pretty much nothing except that they're the top 10 games on Twitch. And I hate all of them. <laughs> I guess I can learn how to play Hearthstone. I, yeah, I liked it. I was excited. I mean, I like Blizzard stuff and World of Warcraft. So I played it for a while and I thought it was fine. 
Um, but I never really got into it because by the time I did, they were in like, I don't know, season 16 or something like that. Oh, wow. That's really late. Like, maybe it wasn't that far along, but it was like it was like two or three years ago. Yeah, that's probably I mean, I played I don't think I even played after the f- maybe maybe the very first expansion. I don't think so, though, because that's when I started to lose. I think I played the first expansion and then then after that I stopped because I was like, you know, this is going to just go forever and it doesn't seem like the kind of game that is is it seems punishing if you don't have you know the fun cards so yeah. to speak so you got to spend new money which it sounds like marvel snap does a good job of not falling into that from what uh, i think that me. there is a point where it's kind of expected that you have a high level deck that you spent money on uh, okay but okay I, I i have heard that that point exists However, you like for the amount that I've played it, I have felt zero pressure to spend any money. Yeah, except they I mean, they have like a they have like a battle pass because everyone's got a damn battle pass these days. Of course, yeah. where it's like, you know, level up and you get these rewards and you only get some of the rewards and then you have to unlock premium if you want the rest of the rewards. And it's like, okay, well, whatever. Sure. But it doesn't really affect effect um it doesn't really affect like the strength of your deck necessarily hmm. first of all uh you're familiar if you played some hearthstone you're familiar with the premise of a of a deck battler type of game right me yeah okay so then it'll it will be relevant to you when i tell you like how big do you would you expect a deck to be in a game like that, in a in a Hearthstone or a Magic or a, a, well, a something like that, I think Magic's default is sixty, and I want to say Hearthstone's was thirty. Yeah, that sounds something in that range. Like thirty, it's thirty to sixty for your deck, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. The maximum deck size in Marvel Snap is twelve. Ah, interesting. So it's really fun to make combos then because you don't have to think about, you know, yes, a million things. So you can just go with, oh, I like this and this and this idea. That's it. Done. Yeah. Yeah. You can build your you can very, very quickly build a, a deck around a singular concept in like really specific niche concepts. Because like there are um, your deck is 12 cards. There are six turns. Of okay. uh, of laying down your of laying down your cards. So in every game, you're going to see at least nine of your cards. And that's if you don't have like additional effects in play that allow you to draw more cards. Sure. So it is very, very easy to put together like gimmick decks or try out like a, a particular concept that you think might work out. Um. I've never really been able to grasp that aspect of deck building. Okay. Because, like, like, even going back to, like, the Pokemon trading card game or, like, Magic, when I tried to play that for a little while, it's like, okay, what is the... What is the proper ratio of energy cards to everything else? <laughs> right? Like, how many of these do I need to play? How many big cards is too many? Like, what is what is the balance? What's mm-hmm. the balance of cards? Marvel Snap makes that by condensing it and focusing it. 
it makes all of that so much easier to figure out if you're not already like a savant in it that it's super like the depth is still there it's just way more accessible because you can just see like you said you can see what a couple of cards do and be like oh yeah oh yeah i want that and that to work with that and i can just win games by making that happen oh that's really cool yeah so for example i have um i have a bunch i have an entire deck that is built around like instant effects Okay. There are there are instant effects and then there are ongoing effects. And the difference is like basically you take six turns and you like you lay down cards each turn. The cards have um an energy cost for playing them and then they have a strength. Right? There's just yeah. a there's just a power level. And then they can have either instant effects, which is um they go into effect as soon as you play them, like on that turn. And then they just happen once or they can have ongoing effects where it's whatever their special ability is continues throughout the, you know, throughout the game. Mm -hmm. So I have an entire deck built around instant effects because I have one that's like, okay, when this card is revealed, then you add two power to three random cards. Right? Yeah, okay. And then I have another one that's like, it's like that card's power level is only one, but it's like when you play this card, it spawns a seven power card in a different location. Mm, all right. And then I have a, I have a, uh, like my finisher card is one that's like every card in this location, it's, it's like eight power, but it's, it's effect is... Uh, when you reveal this card, every other card in this location that has an on-reveal effect, trigger that again. Ah, gotcha. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I'll, I'll set the one card down and I'll get my plus two, plus two, plus two, and then I'll set my other card down and I'll get like a plus seven uh, Tiger Spirit in another, in another slot. And then I'll put Odin down and get both of those things again. <laughs> yeah 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 and the entire like the entire deck is basically yeah, built around that concept <laughs> yeah that's cool like just a bunch of on reveal effects that you know give like little power boosts and then being able to like top it off with doubling that <laughs> and it's 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 a small really simple focused thing but like i put that deck together after playing for like two hours wow do you think because it just be a... it gives you the cards. It's actually really smart the way that it um, you actually get cards in a sort of consistent order. OK, when you uh, when you start out, they give you a starter deck and most of the cards in your starter deck do not have special abilities. It straight up is just energy power. And the energy, um, I think Hearthstone worked like this, too. I don't remember. But is does Hearthstone work where you just have, like, a sort of global energy that ticks up one per turn? Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, it's it's been close to eight years since I've played it. Or so. Okay, so I've actually played it more recently than you. But, yeah, it's like you have <laughs> one energy 
on your first turn and then two energy on the second turn and three energy on the third I turn. I do believe that. Yeah, no, that's that's I'm I'm I would say I'm like 90 percent positive. That's yeah. And then there's other stuff that, that you can do to get more energy to play. And, you know, yeah, this, that and the other. Um, so, yeah, uh, Marvel Snap works the same way. Um, there are six turns and you have one, two, three, four, five, six energy each turn. And okay. so your cards can have one, two, three, four, five or six energy. Um, it makes it really, really easy to put a deck together that's like, oh, hey, I really should only have one six energy card because I'll only ever have one opportunity to play it. Mm, right. Yeah. Yeah. Does the game just end then at six turns or what? Yep. The way it works, uh, the way it works is there are uh, three locations that you can play a card at and each location will uh, reveal like some sort of special ability. Um, and they oh, do like, like a, there's a lot of wild random things that can happen. So there's like three lanes. Yeah, there's basically three lanes. Yeah, uh, yeah. they all have okay. a special ability. Um, the first one is the one on the left is revealed when you start the game. And then the middle ones, um, you can play cards there, but you don't know what the special effect there will be until the second turn. And then the right one, you don't know what the what the ability will be until the third turn. Okay. And the abilities can be stuff. I mean, it can be there. I've seen a ton of them. It's like, uh, you know, plus two to all plus two power to all cards played here. Or minus two power. Um, whichever card here has the highest power gets a bonus to their power or, you know, if you some cards have the ability to move after you play them. <laughs> like Nightcrawler, you can play it in one place and then like basically for free shift it over to another lane <laughs> sure, on another turn. Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are some effects that it's like if a card moves here, you destroy the card. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, did you activate their trap card? Yeah, there's I mean, straight up. That is a thing. There's one where it's like um, cards here stay face down and do not reveal until the end of the game. <laughs> so literally placing trap cards. <laughs> um, do you think there's a point where you hit a wall? Do you think it's the design is good enough that you don't run into the pay to, you know, pay to win kind of thing? It feels like it right now, but I haven't played it for that long yet. Okay. Um, how many? I have heard in? that. Oh, the the way that it breadcrumbs you cards. So the the upgrade system is interesting because. What you get is the ability to upgrade your cards individually. But what you're actually doing is just giving them visual upgrades and not upgrading their power at all. So you get like you have these cards in your deck and you get like there's two different currencies. And one of them is like a general like energy upgrade currency that you use for all of your cards. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is like specific to each individual card. Like you need you need five Iron Man boosters to boost your Iron Man card. Gotcha. And a plus like 100 energy or whatever, which is just a general currency for that everything uses. So what happens when you upgrade a card is it goes up in rarity and the design on the card sort of upgrades. So like on the first one, it um, it upgrades so that the effects of the card can like sort of bust outside of the frame of the card. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah, instead yeah. of it being cropped by the edges <laughs> of the card, it kind of like yeah it kind of has the effect of like oh now you can see their hair billowing out from you know out around the edges and stuff um and then at the next level it's um at the next level it becomes 3d where there's actually like a there's actually a sort of 3d effect where it kind of looks like they're you know popping out of the card a little bit and then after that the card gets like a little bit of a little bit of animation you know, if there's like fire on the card, the fire will kind of be kind of wavy. It's a very slight animation, but they're all just visual upgrades. And as you get these visual upgrades on your cards, you are sort of leveling up your collection level. Okay. And that that's how sense. you unlock things. <laughs> that that kind of fits with comic books. It does, right? So you upgrade I, yeah. your cards. The cards themselves don't actually get any stronger. They just get a little bit prettier. But leveling up in that way, each level, each level you like unlock, each rarity level you bring your cards up to gets up to uh, you get up to the point where you're unlocking, you know, more boosters for other cards, new cards, more energy bonuses like that. Okay. But the thing is, that is the same for everybody. There's no like, there's not really like a loot box mechanic. Um, it actually starts you out introducing everyone to like the same, I want to say like 20 or 30 levels. Okay. So everyone kind of starts with the same types of uh, cards. And it kind of does a really good job of leading you into cards that naturally sort of synergize with each other it's i i will be very curious to see how this plays out if you end up playing this for like 100 hours i think i've probably put in like five to ten in the last few days yeah no no it's this seems this seems it's i feel like i'm missing the hook for the monetization aspect and it being a free-to-play mobile game it has to be there yeah like, I don't know if, if if it's like the pool that you get cards from in the beginning, since you're all getting the same thing. It's like you're in one pool and then you slowly move up to stronger pools. But then to get access to those, you have to pay money or something like that. I assume there is a point once you get out of this sort of introductory period of the game mm -hmm. that you're going to get to like. OK, well, the upgraded cards that I, I think what happens is you have this sort of leveling mechanic, but then there are some things that are outside of the sort of path that the game puts you on. Yeah, that are just like next level cards <laughs> and those you kind of have to loot box out. All right. Yeah, I, th okay. I think there is a point where you like you're kind of done with the path of unlocks and now you're in like you're in card pack town. Yeah, I'm just and a lot of people have said, like, from what I hear, a lot of people say, like, the game is incredible until you hit that point. Yeah, but that point yeah. is level like 800 or something like that. So, yeah, well, that's, you know, 100 hours or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, and of course, right. that's contingent on them not adding more content and more stuff that you can do to keep that balanced. Well, I mean, that's crazy to think they're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, it reminded me, you No, know, the reason I'm saying is it reminded me of my excitement to enjoy when I just needed something to turn my brain off last 
mm. uh, I don't know, like eight months ago when I was playing Shop Titans. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, this is really fun. And then after a month of playing, I was like, oh, holy crap, this is insane. Like the, the amount of, like how much money you would have to spend if you want to make any real progress is, oh, is yeah, outrageous. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm I'm playing, I mean, the default play is just like matchmake with some rando online. And I'm winning probably 60, 70% of the time, and I will never spend money on it. Yeah, that, that's that's why I'm curious. I, I will be I will be interested in knowing what it's like if you're doing it, you know, in like a month or something. Mm-hmm. The other really, really, really nice thing about it is uh, it takes about 90 seconds to play a game. Well, that is enjoyable for sure. That is it like it is so fast. I, I appreciate that a lot. Because, like, they're so your options are so relatively limited that these and the timer, like the the turn timer is like gracious, like you have a ton of time to make your decisions, but you don't really need it because half the time there's only one card you can play anyway. Mm -hmm. Your card, your hand size is three. You draw one card per turn by default, unless there's other stuff going on. Um. And, you know, you've got one energy, you can play one card. You got two energy, you can play, you know, a card worth two or two worth one. And there's only three lanes. So it's, you know, there is depth to it, but it's also very straightforward and accessible. So you can just, you just, you know, you get through a game where it's just six rounds of putting down cards and then it resolves and whoever is winning two out of the three lanes wins. Wins. Yeah. Yeah. That that's sounds it. Like, that's the game. That sounds really awesome. And I could, I could, that would be, that sounds like a, a really great way to design a card game like this. The, the, I can also see where once you get into it, it would become extremely predatory in terms of money being important. Yeah. Because if, if it, if that's always few, the fear, right? Well, because if you only have a few cards, then those mm-hmm. meta cards become even more important. You can't right. necessarily strategy around them if they're too if they're too strong in whatever it is that they do, since it all happens so quickly, right? Like, right. And and automatically too. So mm-hmm. that's that's cool. I I mean I think it's yeah. I mean who cares? Even if if you spend playing a, if you if you play a free to play game for even anywhere from five to a hundred hours, then I I think you've gotten your time's worth. Yeah. Even, even if it doesn't go beyond that. <laughs> I have absolutely already gotten my money's worth. <laughs> so that's regardless. It sounds like a win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm really enjoying it. And I, because it's the world we live in, um, I have no doubt that there will eventually be an evolving meta that involves, like, if you're not spending $1,000 to play this game, you're not playing the game. <laughs> right? Well, I, I, the game's been out for, what, three months? I guarantee there's a meta at the top end. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's been... I don't even know if it's been that long. I only really started hearing about it, like, two weeks ago. I, th- I want to say it's... I don't know. I could be wrong. I thought it came out sometime last year. You are completely correct. It came out in October. Oh, okay. <laughs> so actually more than three months at this point. Oh, yeah. Good call. That's awesome. I, I love when you find a game that grabs your attention you, and you're just enjoying it. And it's, it's especially rare to see a cell phone game that you hear people talk about and you're like, 
yeah, okay, I'll give it a shot. Because I'm always so skeptical. Uh, I'm always so skeptical about free-to-play games and cell phone games. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, is the free-to-play game going to be worth my time, or is it going to shove ads in my face? Honestly, <laughs> you, I have played free-to-play games that try to send you to the shop after every single game. And I have gone, like, a couple of days without even remembering the shop existed. <laughs> because I finish a game, and it's like, collect rewards, got my rewards, and then it kicks you back to the main screen with a giant play button in the middle. And I just hit the play <laughs> button again, and I spend another two minutes, and I play another game. That's perfect, yeah. It's great. I'm <laughs> really, really liking it. <laughs> you know, you know, you want to hear who's, uh, who's, who's not going to be pressing the play button? anytime soon oh boy do i yeah you do well okay he's probably going to press the play button a whole bunch more but did, did you hear about the, the billy mitchell <laughs> oh yeah the, the new billy mitchell news <laughs> god <laughs> man anyone that walks around with uh the american flag tie i don't i don't feel particularly bad about all this happening to <laughs> like that dude peaked with the king of kong and just kept going and it has just like bottomed out over and over and over you think he hits the bottom and then he finds a new bottom <laughs> yeah, like, I, like, he's suing people he's trying to get it all in there then these new images uh come up that pr like emphatically prove the machine that he played on was not an original donkey kong arcade machine it was a yep. modified arcade machine mm -hmm. and it's just like oh and it, <laughs> it's even better that the photos didn't come from him they just like contacted the the organizers of the event they're like yeah we got these photos here you go <laughs> you know what like you it know when beautiful. i realized something was off about billy mitchell mm -mm. it was before everything started going bad it was him holding his, like, Guinness World Record or his championship or whatever, yeah. like, plaque or certificate or whatever it was. And he was lined on both sides by, like, a dozen women in bikinis, just, like, lined up. I don't, I don't and I was like, yeah, there's something about this dude that just doesn't doesn't sit right. <laughs> Some doesn't feel right here. <laughs> I don't think I like this guy. Yeah. Good on yeah. him for being good at Donkey Kong, but I don't know about all this. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't once once I saw for me all I, when I saw the 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 clip of them being like, "Look, the way this loads, it's impossible for it to be uh you know, a real arcade machine." I was like, "Oh, yeah. That sucks. This guy's a punk." But the fact that he just keeps pushing back and pushing back and this, this more stuff keeps coming out. I guess the lawsuit against Twin Galaxies is going to be taking place soon. And it's kind of mm. hilarious that the this evidence is, you know, surfacing right now. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how. Oh, God. You see it? Oh, that's the Pac-Man thing. I, I didn't remember what it was. Ah. I just remember he's holding some kind of plaque. I mean, he's got he's got his cool flag, American flag tie on. Of he course. sure does. It looks In so what goofy. definitely appears to be Japan. <laughs> I mean, the dude always has it on, so that doesn't count. I don't think it matters what he wears. I'm pretty sure he just always has the, the flag tie on. Yeah, I am unable to find a picture of him not wearing it. He just looks it looks goofy. I don't know.
But uh, but yeah, that dude, he's he's in. I I will. I'll we should interested. actually explain what happened. Oh, for yeah, those please. who didn't actually hear about it. Sure, sure. Uh, do well, do you want? What wait? Didn't didn't we kind of just saying that the the all right? So this guy, right? He's yeah. really good at Donkey Kong, supposedly, yep. allegedly. I imagine he is really good at Donkey Kong. I mean, who knows? I mean, it can't like. It actually there's got to be, be like stayed. a baseline of skill, right? It's like maybe. What like, if it was recorded? Well, I'm just saying, like, you don't make an entire you don't make an entire career on being good at Donkey Kong <laughs> without like. <laughs> It's like that bit where, like, okay, you're already in the major leagues of the sport, but now you're taking performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> it's like you wouldn't even be in that position in the first place if you weren't at a certain baseline level of skill. You just need, you just, like, feel like you need everyone to recognize you as the best, so you're just going to cheat to get there. Yeah. It's it's weird, because I don't, all his two world records for over a million points the they're super they're kind of sketchy because there's no i mean aside from the fact that no there were no witnesses at the first one for the king of kong record mm -hmm. and then he's saying that the the videotape that's out there is not his like the one that has that proves that it was a emulator not the real hardware yep and then the second one was at some convention that was hosted by his friend and the machine was given to him by his other friend who um you know, owns an arcade machine and they did some, I don't remember. I don't, there was some, there was some problem or some controversy around him where they, uh, about modding machines and stuff. So it's, it's entirely possible that both of those were pre-recorded mm -hmm. <laughs> or put together with, you know, editing software and stuff. It's just, it's kind of a wild thing to think about. Uh, yeah. yeah. So wait, so yeah, yeah, he does this. Wait, what, wait, what did you want to explain? explain because I, I feel like we did it or no, did it to, just the, the the newest aspect of the story because we've kind of talked about generally him cheating but like the thing that oh, came what out it is this specifically week. yes yeah. yeah my bad yeah so these photos because so the lawsuits take going to be taking place and he's saying that that they don't have a uh they, they shouldn't have removed his scores from the oh what's it called twin galaxies like he was banned from Twin Galaxies, his scores were removed, his high score rankings, right, and that they had no basis for this. That he did do it, people saw him doing it, uh, but there is no other evidence of the the event taking place. And then these new this these new photos surface of him at the event where he got the what was it? I don't know, over a million points at the mm -hmm. at one at the one convention. And in the background is the machine that he played on, and there's a joystick that's completely the it's the wrong joystick it's a modified joystick than what would be on an original donkey kong arcade machine because it's this right. big red thing as opposed to i believe the original is black i think it's uh i think it has a black uh top with like a chrome stick something like that yeah uh so it's a com it's the complete wrong stick and so even if even if he played legitimately that day and it was not on an emulator like that is everything else is real but mm -hmm. they modified the joystick even that alone would be enough to have his scores removed because then you don't know the rest. Like, you're not right. sure. Yeah. So, no matter what, <laughs> the dude is just, just he's done. <laughs> I imagine he's not done, which will hopefully make for some entertaining, you know. Unfortunately, uh, he appears never to be done. <laughs> oh, Donkey Kong. <laughs> Man, there was like, 
there was like a short period of time, like 10, 15 years ago, that people really were trying to push Billy Mitchell as like the video game celebrity. Yeah, I think right? I he was like, like the he guy was pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, you're right. He he was like the 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 mainstream person maybe maybe would know who he was. Yeah. I think he even ended up on like a couple of talk shows at some point, like oh, Letterman sure or did. something. I'm sure I'm sure he did, yeah. I really don't I don't know I don't honestly know that much about him. I've never seen King of Kong. Uh I just have enjoyed a little bit of insanity since then, since the controversy came up. Yeah, it's bizarre and weird and I I hate it. <laughs> Because, like, I feel like, as someone who participates regularly in retro video game adjacent competitions, like, having someone just, like, tarnish the uh, the whole idea of playing a classic video game somewhat competitively, it just, it's gross. Yeah. It just feels bad. Yeah. I found, like, nothing but positivity in these spaces playing with people who are just like enjoying this weird old game, these weird old games that we loved 20 years ago because we didn't know any better. And like at the top of this whole ecosystem is some dude with a goatee who just, you know, wears his American tie and cheats. <laughs> And then acts indignant and sues everybody about it. I mean, he even sued the that YouTuber that does. Well, I think he started as like a here's how speedrunning stuff works. Oh, yeah. But then he ended up um, diving into, you know, a lot of other drama filled kind of uh, like I, I he had a video that got a ton of views about the the WADA games uh, uh, rating stuff. Like how it was kind of a oh, huge yeah, okay. scam yeah. to drive up the prices mm -hmm. of collecting games and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah, think yeah. of his name. I want to say it's Carl something. Um, I don't know why I was talking about that. I, oh, he. I think he was. <laughs> I think he was the one. Um, not I think I'm positive because I don't follow this person and I I know now I'm thinking of him that he made the video that I uh, watched that had the the Billy is Billy's in trouble now. <laughs> yeah. And it made me smile. But I, don't I would just like to point out that when I searched news for Billy Mitchell. Yeah. This story came up first. <laughs> and then the second story is an obituary for a guy <laughs> named Billy Mitchell who died like three days ago. Oh, poor Billy Mitchell. But not this Billy Mitchell. And I honestly <laughs> thought it was like I thought it was like a Wikipedia page vandalism. Oh, right. Because like, the news came out. And so he's dead. Yeah, he's dead now. Rip Billy Mitchell. <laughs> it's 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 funny because I I don't feel like I was going to, I don't know how we talked about the that video. What were, what were you saying before that? Actually, it doesn't matter. Do we? Oh, <laughs> I was talking about playing Marvel Snap, and you were like, you know who's not going to be playing? Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. And uh, you like it was it was kind of we just segued into it, sort of true. loosely. But well, um, do, we, do we do we want to segue loosely <laughs> into something else? <laughs> we, I think I think that's more than enough talking about Billy Mitchell. OK, good. <laughs> Would you like to take a question or do you have something going on this week that you're that you're into? No, a question is question is fine. OK. Because I kind of took the first 20 minutes talking about Marvel Snap, so. 
No, it's which is a good tie. I, I, it's fun. I like it. Again, that's a that's a recommend. Don't spend money on it. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, question. Cue the music. Swaggles would like to know. He's Swaggles has a curveball today. Oh. This is a curveball question, different than the usual ones. Do you have questions for your audience? Uh, that's that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a no. The answer is no. <laughs> I I don't I don't actually. I I, you know how when you open your email, like, I, do you have Gmail? You have Gmail, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, who doesn't, but except some people don't. No, I still use my AOL browser, okay? I mean, you don't know. Um, you know how it has, um, you know, has, like, predictive text text responses? Where you could just kind of, like, click something and and be like, yeah, let's go with that. Um, the three predictive text responses for do you have any questions for your audience are not that I can think of, I don't think so, and not really. Like, literally not a single affirmative response. <laughs> um, my, like, the question that I always have for the audience is, like, is the same one that we ask all the time, and I feel like we never really act on it, is, like, what people prefer in terms of, like, format. Um, in terms of, like, do you oh, like oh. it when we talk about shorter games more often or longer games less often? A real um, question. Is the, you know, is the, do you prefer, like, and lately, this, we're going to try to hold this to, like, roughly an hour, hour and a half or so, but sometimes the podcast is, like, three hours, and which of those is more, which of, which of those do you prefer? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it, it'd just be general questions about, like, how you prefer to listen to the podcast or what kind what type of stuff that you like it when we do That's but i feel question. like we ask that basically all the time yeah i mean and even if they said it i'm not sure we'd fully <laughs> we probably <laughs> wouldn't do it anyway so it's a lovely question in in theory <laughs> I, okay, here's a here's a question. You can you can send your response to this to the retro breakdown at gmail.com. Um, I want to know to anyone out there listening in all of the hundred and something episodes of this podcast that we have recorded. Have we at any point played one of your favorite games? Yeah, and that's a nice question. I was gonna say like your singular favorite game, but I'm like probably not. Yeah, I mean, realistically, it's just a favorite game. I, I the idea of a favorite singular game is sort of yeah. whack, anyways. Yeah, because we, you know, for every for every like Mario sixty four we play, there's also a Battle Golfer Yui. Yeah, maybe that's your favorite game. I was just saying, like. We play a lot of weird, obscure stuff that's just kind of there in front of us. <laughs> and sometimes we play some classics that are beloved and that could be someone's favorite game. But I feel like we play a lot of stuff that wouldn't be. So I'm curious 
If you'd like to send us an email at uh, theretrobreakdown at gmail.com, have we played one of your favorite games? And if we haven't, what would that be? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind knowing if if they've ever uh, acquired or, you know, not not illegally, but somehow was able to play one of the games that we played after we talked about it. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. I'd be curious has about has that. anyone ever like been inspired to try a game that we that we discussed um, as a result of listening to us talk about it on the podcast? That would be yeah. really cool to know. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Especially if the answer is yes. If the answer is no, that's fine too, but, you know, slightly disappointing. You can just keep that to yourself. <laughs> keep it to yourself. <laughs> oh, uh, geez. Dude. Never. No, never mind. <laughs> let's want a Sonic Sonic Boom? boom? Let's boom. Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom. Right. So it's really important given that segue mm -hmm. that uh, that we explained that we did not play Sonic Boom. Oh, because that's a different thing. That's actually multiple different things. I think there's two of them because there's one isn't for it? 3DS that I think is a completely different game. I, I, isn't Sonic Boom a TV show? It is that too. And Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric is the Wii U game based on on the TV show. Or is the show based on the game? I don't even know anymore. Sonic The Boom. point is, the game was terrible. The show is actually really good. The game is a spinoff of Sonic the Hedgehog as part of the Sonic Boom franchise. Mm. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> That's what it says on Wikipedia. Sonic Boom franchise. Get yeah, the shit out of here. There's Archie comics about booming, all right? I like the song. I didn't know. God, Sonic sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. That's the podcast. We're okay, done gotta, here. We I don't. Be there's honest. nowhere to go from there. I I had I had fun playing Sonic CD. Really, I, I did, did too. I honestly had fun playing it, even if I still think it's a convoluted mess of bad game design in general. Because like, the, there's so many problems that I have with it, and. I but I somehow was having fun with Sonic CD and Sonic CD had had one of the most enjoyable emerald collecting stages I've ever had. Yeah, it's actually it's so good that it's the one Sonic Boom used. Or oh, damn it. Wait, what? Mania. Sonic Mania. <laughs> God, Sonic sucks. <laughs> and I want to I want to say that I really want to like Sonic. I think the reason I'm so hard on Sonic is because I can see the potential in Sonic. Yeah, no, like, I get that. So, you know, it's it's when we were talking on, on Discord, I was I was mm -hmm. heated about Sonic in general. And I was like, I think I hate Sonic. And you were like saying, well, Mania is what's good about Sonic. I was like, no, nah, I didn't even care about that. And I was like, that's not fair. I downloaded it the last night, actually. Okay. I was like, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I was just being too harsh. So I, I booted up Sonic Mania and I played it for like 45 minutes. And okay. I loved it. Yeah. It was great. It is great. It was, you know why it was great? Because Sonic didn't control like a freaking runaway freight train going through like mud. Like it's just, he, he controlled like a character should control in platforming if you want me to do anything precise with jumping. The reason Sonic sucks so much is because it's all about momentum control in a game that doesn't have any right to be. I'm not racing a car. 
in in it on like a track like we're in you're in some really tight spaces in sonic but you're expected to be able to move quickly or like i, I don't know there's i don't understand the the idea behind sonic taking so long to get moving and then he stops and then when he and then it's then all of the levels are based around just like trolley deaths or like trolley moments where you don't you can't see what's coming and you're expected to know what's there and I guess that's the idea behind it, but I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I always think about the, I like, when it comes to, like, uh, trolley deaths and not being able to see what's coming, there's, there are aspects of that where it's like, okay, yeah, you're going fast, and then here comes, a, like, a spike or an enemy or something that you couldn't see. And it's, a, like, a really rude way to to interrupt your momentum when it has you going through these loop the loops and the little, the little spinny thing in green hill zone that everyone remembers. And yeah. then, and then you just go from that and just run into something that just stops you cold. Or they put a freaking spring plunger right on the other side of a loop de loo and that sends you back the other way. Like, Oh, you got me. Like, why is that? Who has fun with that? Right. I, I, that's such, it's, it doesn't make sense. It's just like, Haha, you got to do that again. You, you didn't, you didn't jump at the end of it. Like, I don't, I don't, it just seems weird. So there, there's that, but then I always, one thing that I always think about is in Hilltop Zone in Sonic mm -hmm. 2, there are, um, there's a part where there's like sort of dropping spike platforms yeah. that you have to like that you have to like jump on top of yeah because the yeah, top of yeah. it is solid yeah 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 um and when you get into the area where those are dropping you cannot see them <laughs> because they're dropping from too high mm -hmm. so it is possible to just stand there and not know what to do and just get hit with this thing that drops on your head and i don't know if it insta kills you because i think it might crush you against the ground I don't remember, but it's it's stuff like that where it's like it's almost I want to be the guy level. Yeah, that's what I was saying is that that's what Sonic design feels like to me. Now, I had someone in chat while I was playing Sonic CD last night mm -hmm. bring up some very fair points that I will that I, you know, that I took to to at least enough of an extent where I'm going to repeat them here. OK, and that is that. A lot of the issue that people have with Sonic is that the marketing is all about going fast and the game isn't really designed that way. Except that I, 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 that is true, except that that supposedly was his purpose for making Sonic. Well, the after, purpose I, I for making Sonic, we talked about this a little skill. bit. In, we, yeah, yeah uh, we talked about this a little bit in Discord and it's like he was playing Yuji Naka pre-insider trading maybe was um <laughs> yeah <laughs> pre the insider trading that we know of <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> was playing mario and was like hey this is really fun why can't i go faster i'm basically running through the stage i've got it i've got it all basically figured out i just um, want to say on there that is note, a Go ahead. I, I just have to just put this in there. I'm calling total bullshit on that. I'd like to watch him play Sonic or I'd like to watch him play Mario and see if he's going fast. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure he's not playing it to like a speed run level, but there are I'm a couple saying. of those early stages where you can pretty much just keep top momentum if you know where to jump. Yeah, that feels good. 
It does. But then I can understand being like, I should be able to do it faster. Right? Sure. Like, yeah, even 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 Nintendo felt that way because they added the 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 power, the P power up in, in three. Right. right. Like so. So Nintendo's like, yeah, we want to go faster. Yeah. So it gets to it gets to this point where it's like, you know, you've basically hit the speed cap and there's no way to there's no way to improve that. There's no way to go faster than that. So I can see that being a uh, an inspiration for like not yeah, like a game yes. where you can go faster, but a game where going as fast as possible is more demanding. Sure. And more yeah, and difficult that, to keep up. And 100 percent that is that is Sonic. Sonic is absolutely a game that if, if you know the level and you've mastered the game, it's a completely different experience. Like watching a speedrunner go through Sonic, you're like, wow, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's stunning. They they also and, and to I skip think that stages that suck, but you know. I think that is there are some stages where like going fast is just not an option. Like you, <laughs> there's no going fast in Mystic Cave Zone. Well, that's, I love that's that we're the, still we're talking exclusively about Sonic Two stages, but that's because <laughs> all of the stages in CD were not memorable. No, they really weren't. The, the most memorable thing about Sonic CD is the past and future thing, but that's not utilized very well because you have to be able to go fast for an extended period of time, which is complicated to do in Sonic. Right. I, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's such a weird mechanic to have. It, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to... Because to, it's like Sonic's not about going fast, yet every single... All of the games are like about going fast. It's, it's. I would. I would posit the idea that the games are about going fast, but the game is. Uh, I mean, again, some zones more than others. Sure. But the game is more so about being designed to give you a lot of different options. That's true. I, that that's that is something Sonic has. Yeah, a lot of different spaces. options to kind of like choose and perfect how you want to go fast. Like it does want you to go fast most of the time, but it doesn't want that to be easy for you. It wants you to actually have to iterate on it and perfect it. And the more you learn the level and the more you play it and the more you like the more you like get those those iterations of those stages down, the faster you and faster and faster you can go as you get better at it. So like yeah. the cap of how fast you can go through a stage is much higher than it is in Mario, where ultimately like the the speed run at this point is basically optimized to the point where like it's almost impossible to do it any faster. I mean, yes, yes, yes and no, right? Like, Sonic is that way, too. I think the the, the if we're going to be comparing things like that, then you have to take into account which one is fun to play at all stages. And Sonic True. stops being fun if you just want to play it casually for most people. I'm going to wager the majority of people that even love Sonic haven't beaten Sonic 2. Like, I, I don't know enough to say that. I wouldn't be surprised by that. I Heck, will I say Sonic, I played. Sonic I will 2 say that the majority of people who love Sonic Two probably didn't beat Sonic Two. I I I did not beat Sonic Two as a kid. But I, I mean, because it's bunch. really hard, yeah, especially in the, the later stages, and having to do Death Egg Zone with zero rings is a nightmare. Yeah, like I got to I got to Metal Sonic and I beat Metal Sonic a couple times, but I never beat Doctor Robotnik as a, right as a young boy, and. 
So I mean, and there, it's not. There's no shame in that. I'm not. I'm not bad. saying there's anything. Oh, I'm not, I'm saying not trying to say because I didn't do all. it. Other people d- didn't do it either. Like that, I'm. I'm like the the, the baseline of Sonic players. What, right. I, what I'm. What I mean. I mean that's probably true for most video games. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. There's a lot of people who really, really love video games that they never got to the end of because they just weren't good enough or didn't have the time or whatever yeah, it is. Because they're hard. I, I just. I feel like the the difference between if you know Sonic and Mario is Sonic feels bad to play your first time through after a certain point. Like there's mm-hmm. certain stages where it just feels even even Chemical Plant it kind of sucks because you're like oh this is underwater. I move even slower somehow, and I have to do weird jumps. Also, I got squished because I didn't move fast enough. Right? Like it's there are there are bits in Chemical Plant Zone. Where you hit one of those uh, one of those like conveyor belt speed launchers. Yeah. And it launches you over an open pit where you fall into the water and drown. Yeah. Like that's so that's that to me is horrendous design. Like it would be that is I want to be the guy kind of design. It's not good game design. It would be analogous got my i got my big words today it would be analogous to like playing a mario game and you hit one of those big springs (laughs) yeah and it launches you up off the screen and you die that's what it that's what it would be like yes like and you can't see spikes or whatever it is that kills you it just launches you way up in the air and then it just turns out there's something up there that kills you Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what a lot of sonic game design feels like yeah yeah it's it's, it's like here's an opportunity here's an invitation to use this tool to launch yourself very fast or far into a carefully placed death trap that we've put in front of it on purpose or, or even the way that enemies spawn in where you're jumping upwards and then oh look there's an enemy that just happened to be there that just attacked you like or, or you, you jumped and you weren't a ball, so you took yeah. damage or whatever it is. And, and Sonic Mania fixes so many of that problems with it the does. simple fact that, A, the design of the levels felt... Fast. Better, right? Yeah. Because they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't stop you in weird ways. Yeah, they still had some of the, the classic Sonic moments, at least what I didn't finish the game. But um, at least the, 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 some of the classic Sonic things, you're like, oh, okay. But it didn't... It didn't do it in such a rude way. Yeah. And, and Sonic himself felt just good to jump and move left and right with, which I cannot say about any other Sonic game. Yeah. Sonic is, is, is a freaking lead tank. Yeah, in, I, I, in I've said it before, and I will say it again. For anyone who is not intimately familiar with Sonic, as in you've been playing these games nonstop for the last 30 years, um, Sonic Mania is the game that feels like what you think Sonic 2 feels like. Yeah, absolutely. Like which is which is obviously why Sega, you know, made sure they could never make another one. Yeah, it just killed it. Yeah. Why why we we can't be wrong. <laughs> <sighs> so Sonic CD, Sonic yeah. CD. It's it's an ambitious title. It's really interesting. I am really glad there were people in chat while I was playing it to explain what the hell was going on. (laughs) When I played it, I had no idea what was happening. 
I were like, you I in chat on. listening to other people describe it and being like, oh. Yeah, like, I, so when I was, I, I finished the game because I had the, the, the Sonic collection because, like, I really want to play some old Sonic. Because mm. as much as I, as much as I love hating on Sonic, I still love Sonic. And Sonic just, it's a fact, has some of the best video game music, period. Like, <laughs> we'll talk about the music in a minute here. Well, I'm not saying all Sonic games, but. No, I know. <laughs> in general, yes. The, the music is in general fantastic. <laughs> and and I like the character. I, there's it's it's one of those weird things where I really love Sonic, but I hate Sonic. Yeah, especially I mean, and they they, they lost me with. Yeah, I, I completely lost interest after Sonic Adventure. When Sonic Adventure two, that's when they introduced Shadow, right? I that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sh- Shadow of Shadow of its former self, but the uh, the <laughs> Sega CD. What I thought was awesome when I finished it and realized that, oh, you can go in the past and do stuff. is like, oh, holy crap. There's like four levels. Yeah. Like to each stage. Yeah. There's like there's six. There's six worlds. Yeah. With like two main acts and then a third boss act. So that is a grand total of like 18 levels. Mm -hmm. But then like four versions of each of those levels. Each with, I I think, unique music. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes that, actually that's so much music i mean they're all like it's not all like completely new they're all just kind of like remixes of each other and some of it might not be music <laughs> i well yeah <laughs> who um, am i to say though <laughs> well okay they're they don't all have unique music because like act one and act two are the same oh yeah fair so like each world has unique music, but then like the past of each world has has one has one track and then the present has one track and then the bad future has a track and the good future has a track. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I I'm not a hundred percent sure, but when I was doing the uh, when I was doing the good future uh, endings in. Um, in uh, Starlight Speedway. OK. I thought the present looked different as well, but I cannot confirm that. But if yeah, the I, present is different after you change the past, then there's actually five versions of each stage. <laughs> That's nuts. Like, it's really ambitious. And the idea of like, so to break it down to, you know, if you if you have no idea what we're talking about. Um, Sonic CD is a classic style, you know, Sonic 2, Sonic 3 style um, Sonic game. Am, am and I, I think the last one that they made for a while after going full 3D. Because I think the next one was Adventure. I I think Sonic and or, Knuckles came out after it. Technically. Oh, maybe. Uh, I believe I believe Sonic CD came out in like 93. I don't know that I don't know the timeline, so don't quote me on that. But it's it's. It's a later generation one. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Knuckles, Knuckles came out after, and maybe even Sonic Three. I'm not sure. Okay. Because because Sonic, so Sonic CD was made when Yuji Naka had nothing to do with Sonic CD. Yuji Naka was mad about Sega or whatever, and he was over in the United States um, at the Sega of America, the Institute over there, basically just making fun of Americans and not letting them do anything with his uh, precious properties. But you know, that's just Yuji Naka. Uh, so so he didn't have anything gotta, to do with it. I gotta pause for a second and just say for for one minute. Yeah, 
I was really happy when Yuji Naka joined Square Enix and they said he was going to they were going to let him make a uh, his own little thing. And it looked like a spiritual successor to Nights into Dreams. Yeah. Now, mind you, at that time, I hadn't played Nights into Dreams yet, but <laughs> hey, hey, it's OK. It's OK. <laughs> but I mean, like the look was there and the feel was there and it looked Bell and Wonderworld looked really fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, it looked cute, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that was like a couple of years ago and like somehow between the release of Bell and Wonderworld and, right and all moment. of the stuff that he said about that after the fact and now the insider trading and then just like all the stories seem to be like pouring out now. Yeah, that he's just like the worst dude ever. He is on like Bobby Kotick tier. He is. I mean, he's par- probably the reason Sega got sandbagged so hard in the video game, like in the Dreamcast. I mean, he absolutely is part of the reason the Dreamcast bombed. Is yeah. That he was in the United States in a, in a room with American developers and then he said that these people, you know, we call them a bunch of, you know, effectively something like dumb Americans or whatever it was that he was saying. Yeah. And they were the main programmers on this engine. And they're like, oh, bye. Yeah. <laughs> we understand Japanese, bro. <laughs> and like, oops. Yeah. Y- Yuji Naka completely and totally sucks, which makes me like Sonic CD more because he didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, that helps. I, I also... I want you to go back to explaining the game because I derailed this completely because I couldn't help myself. But did Sonic I CD... derailed it because I just wanted to talk about oh, yeah, the like incredible <laughs> Yuji Naka fall from grace. <laughs> did, did, did Sonic CD feel it felt like it controlled a little bit better than. The yeah, other it was. Sonic I mean, games. there's still some it of those bits where it's like I landed on a slope and now I'm walking backwards, even though I want to be going to the right. No, that, yeah, that's just in here. I, I just mean that it felt a little bit snappier to me than. Yeah, uh, no, having... it felt it felt generally good to play, I thought. <laughs> yeah, it's a perfectly fine Sonic video game. <laughs> <laughs> you said that during during the stream and I'm like, that's so loaded. <laughs> because you you calling it like a perfectly fine Sonic game could still low key be saying it sucks. No, I know that that's it's the. <laughs> It's the perfect insult for me. <laughs> just just use that on other things. It's like <laughs> it's a perfectly fine Sonic game. <laughs> yeah. Just talking about whatever it is I'm playing. What did you have for dinner? I mean, it was it was fine. I ordered from McDonald's. It was a perfectly fine Sonic game. <laughs> so you were you were you were explaining the 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 time travel mechanic, I think. Yeah. And how so in every stage, there are there's the usual like, you know, blue to red checkpoints that you hit. Mm-hmm. But then there's these weird signs that say past and future on them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's a weird way to implement this. But the whole thing is kind of weird. So to get the true ending, which I didn't do because I didn't feel like it. <laughs> Um, what you have to do in every act of every stage, well, except for the third one, because that's the boss act, but that one's pretty much just beat the boss, is you have to go into the past in each stage and find some, the plot of the story is that Robotnik has mastered time travel and has gone back into the past and placed some... I guess hologram projectors 
is what they kept calling them. I don't oh. understand exactly how it is that that changes the past in such a way that we it turns it into techno future because holograms aren't really a thing. I, like they're not like a physical object that can make changes, but okay. Yeah, it's, you know, it's fine. I did, Sonic lore, whatever. I, I mean, Sonic's a character that has some of his uh, creation credited to, you know, Bill Clinton's get it done attitude. Literally. And also Bubsy. And and Michael Jackson's bat, which is why it's sort of funny that, <laughs> you know, he worked, well, sort of maybe <laughs> worked on Sonic 3. We may never know. <laughs> I think we do, but it's more fun to leave it like that. I don't know. I, I've... I saw a whole video that went really deep into whether Michael Jackson worked on Sonic 3 and they seemed to say like all of the evidence points to the fact that he did some tracks for it and then was pissed off that the Yamaha sound chip sucked and then left the project and asked to be uncredited but said they could still use his music. I mean, fair. <laughs> but can't confirm. Talk to some talk to some unnamed sources that have knowledge of the situation, they ask not to be they ask not to be disclosed, but it's probably true. But it may not be, but it's probably true. <laughs> can 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 I just say that I don't I, I read this today and I didn't know this. I would I would like to read to you just I, we'll get back to this, I promise. But I, I just want to read to you a, a sentence or two about how Sonic was pitched to the higher ups at Sega. And this is what apparently, you know, took heart. I feel like I've heard this before, but go about Michael Jackson's bad and Steve uh, Bill Clinton's get it done. But so to help sell the idea to Sega's higher ups, uh, Oshima pitched the concept framed by a fictional fighter pilot that had earned the name hedgehog due to his spiky hair and had decorated his plane with images of Sonic. When this pilot retired, he married a children's book author who wrote stories about the Sonic character. The first of which became the plot of the very first Sonic game. Oshima stated that his influence can be seen in the logo of the game, which features Sonic in a pilot wings emblem. Like, I love that they had to create a story about a fictional fighter pilot <laughs> named Hedgehog who had pictures of Sonic on his plane, but then he married his, you know, a children's book author. I, I just, that makes me so, that makes me so happy that there was this deep thought put into, and I, I'm not being, I'm not being facetious. I love that there was like this, this storyline put into the creation of Sonic. So that Sega's like, yeah, that's the mascot we want. <laughs> and that explains a lot because a lot of the early, um, a lot of the early uh, concept art and, yeah. uh, and, and idea of Sonic is that he was a fighter pilot. Yeah. And, and dude, uh, Yuji Naka wanted Sonic in America to have like fangs and to put him in a band with a human girlfriend named Madonna. But the team from Sega of America led by Madeline Schroeder, she calls herself the Sonic's mother. Apparently I don't know. Mm. they softened the character up for the American audience by removing all those elements. And this was apparently a really heated issue for Sonic team. But eventually uh, Yuji Naka was like, oh, it was probably for the best. <laughs> and then <laughs> later they put him in a band and gave him a human girlfriend. Yeah, because Yuji Naka was probably still pissed off about it. <laughs> God. So anyway, in Sonic CD, you have to hit these past and future uh, signs. And there's basically, like, you start in the present in every stage. And there's a past, present, and future. So you, what you want to do is you want to go back to the past... And ruin and destroy the thing that Robotnik or I don't know if they're calling him Eggman at that point. Probably. I don't know when that change happened. I, yeah, I don't know. 
Um, I think it was always Eggman in Japan, and then we just so. like Robotnik is a weird localization that they dropped. Probably. Um. Anyway, he put a thing in the past, and you have to go and hit it, and that saves the future. Um. Because essentially, he he sets things in motion in the past where like if things continue along the path that he set forth, then the future is one where Sonic loses and Eggman takes over and it's all, you know, everything is the bleak techno Elon Musk future. (laughs) (laughs) So you go back in, you want to go back in time to get the good ending and you basically just have to find the thing and jump on it. There's not even really a thing. You just like, you just bump it. Right. Yeah. Yep. And then it explodes and you're like, cool. And then you can finish the stage and it's like Sonic made a good future. Sonic made a good future. (laughs) That literally says Sonic made a good future in act one. (laughs) You know, Um, you know, I, I, I didn't realize the past and present stuff going through it because I didn't look anything up and that does explain the ending where the death egg like materializes again. Yep. And says, try again. I was like, huh, must have something to do with the chaos emeralds and just went about my day. So that makes more sense. Like yeah. when, when I was watching you play, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's what that is. My understanding is that there are two ways to earn the, the true or good ending. One of them is to good future every single stage. And the other one is to collect all of the not chaos emeralds, but time stones. Oh, that's right. They're time stones. Because those are essentially what Eggman was using to go back into the past. So if you take them, it's, I guess... I implied that you can just sort of retroactively fix it. Yeah, it's fine. Um, because you have time travel and he doesn't mm-hmm. at that point. So either of those gets you the good ending, um, which, which I was going to watch on YouTube and then didn't. Yeah, but I, I, I assume it's, you know, an extra animation. Um, those animations are rough, man. Oh man, I love them. I really they're, do they're like them. They're cute, but like, boy. Oh, I guess I watched. I, I <laughs> they sure were trying to compress that to fit it on a CD, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, they sure were. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like I, I, it feels like watching a Dragon Ball animated music video from 1997. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know you know the amvs oh i watched them for sure one of my favorites one was like particle man um matt and i used to watch that one a lot there was another one too i don't remember what it was i don't even i have no clue what the song that played but i know they they primarily used the fight between piccolo and android um 17 and yeah at the time that wasn't released in america it wouldn't have been for quite a while so like well, yeah, that's yeah, so yeah. cool so it was like getting a you know watching amvs was awesome because you're getting slices of content that we wouldn't see for years yeah you get little sneak previews mm-hmm. that's fun i i had a similar experience i didn't start watching dbz until like the until like the cell saga oh okay so i would see a couple of uh i would see a couple of um first of all i would see um AMVs that would have stuff from the Boo Saga. But then there would be like games that were out that not only had that, but then like stuff from GT. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, man, there's a whole lot of Dragon Ball I haven't seen. Dude, I got some I got floppy disks somewhere with uh, old old gifts from the games. Like these are so sick. It's awesome. And like <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. And I I have I have a binder somewhere with websites 
like printed out Dragon Ball Z fan websites that I put into a binder. That's uh, that, great. That's got, the nineties were that's, wild. I was about to say that I don't know if it could be more nineties than <laughs> than printing out a web page. Than printing out a fan web page of Dragon Ball Z. I'd like to read it again because I wonder if any of it's accurate. Like because I don't know. I don't remember what was written. I know the storyline now, but I'd love to go back and see what people were saying. Because it was, I guarantee, a couple of those were just dumb joke websites that some, you know, goofball put together just for fun. I mean, fun. like I was like thirteen years old and made a and made a, a Final Fantasy website on uh, on Homestead, which was basically just like bootleg GeoCities. I was gonna say yeah, GeoCities. <laughs> um, that absolutely had wrong information on it. <laughs> Yeah, not even on purpose. Like kids, it's not like. Oh yeah, I was just wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I just was like incorrect. I thought it was right. It wasn't on purpose. It was just it was just incorrect. <laughs> um, another favorite thing was to go through all of the uh, Dragon Ball fan websites and watch the wildly differing uh, power level estimates. Oh, right. For each character after they stopped actually measuring power levels in numbers. Yeah. After after one million, it was all done. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, what's what's Super Saiyan Goku level three? It's okay. He's like three point five billion. Sure, that's a number you came up with. Yeah, but there was I I remember reading them and and. There would be, you know, quote unquote logic and rationality behind the number that they would get to sometimes. And I remember thinking, oh, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't remember anything else, but I 100 percent remember going to and seeing those kinds of lists of, yep. of what what are people's power levels? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well, we did it. We managed to work Dragon Ball Z into another podcast where it had no business being. <laughs> was it was it my fault? I don't think so. No, it was your fault because you said the animation reminded. Yes, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> yeah, like a Dragon Ball Z uh, AMV from the nineties. It always feels like it always feels like it's it's my doing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before before I mean, actually, do you have anything? Else I to just want to say that the uh, the fact that the entire soundtrack is different from oh, the U.S. and yeah. Japan is bizarre. I didn't and know the that. entire Japanese soundtrack is significantly better, except for Sonic Boom. I was, uh, yeah, so when you because you booted up the game and I was like, wait, where's the, the Sonic Boom? I thought that was just part of the Sonic CD experience. And it's yeah. only in America. Yeah, there's dude on, on the wiki page for, for Sonic CD. They have, you know, the, the three North American artists and then the, the two Japanese European artists like the composers. I... That, that's that's. That's, the Sega that. sound team in the 90s is wild. I would watch an entire documentary on how that music got made. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. Because like the the kind of like I, I can't even it defies genre. <laughs> it's like it's like kind of 90s hip hop, but it's like too corny. <laughs> yeah. To like fit that, like it's going for it, but it's, it's like, what do we call this adult contemporary? Like, I, I don't even know where to put it. Some of those tracks I legitimately love, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, 
Not necessarily because they're good, <laughs> but like... Well, that weird laugh track in like the bad future of Sonic CD. I don't know if that's the only in the American one, but... Oh, that for is the... Some... Yeah, the... Uh, when you get into the boss fight and you hear the guy, you hear ooh, Eggman come down, ooh, he's like, ooh, yeah, oh, 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 oh. It sounds so wild. It's weird. Well, especially because there's a couple stages that don't like have any music, really. Like, I, I want to say the pinball stage, that boss where you're just doing a, an awkward pinball boss... Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Is, I feel like that one didn't have as much music, so you're just hearing the pinging of the thing and then the laughing going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> I will say, I'm glad you brought that up, actually. Um, I really actually liked the boss design. Oh, you know what was awesome about it is that they... they 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 were done in three hits when you had to hit them. Otherwise, it was something else that you were doing. Like the the one where the floor is kind of getting electrified and you got to yeah. jump up on the little blocks and then go up and then you get up there and you have to hit him three times and then he's done. Well, yeah, I so the, the bosses, the were bosses cool. feel more like little like platforming puzzles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then like what they usually are, which is like, OK, there he is. Bounce on him a bunch of times. No, that's too many times you fell through. You're in the lava now. <laughs> right. Yeah. How many times do you need to hit him? I don't know. <laughs> Eight, ten, whatever. No, the fact One that it's, is, it was it was a much more focused and thoughtful experience where instead of like instead of him just flying around the stage waiting for you to hit him and like maybe like occasionally firing a projectile or just having a spot you're not supposed to hit. Yeah. Which is what most of the Sonic 2 and 3 bosses are. Uh, yeah. the, the boss design here, like they were really clever and interesting stages and yeah. designs. I, I really enjoyed them. I liked Sonic CD as I mean, again, it, it aside from all of the Sonic, you know, pitfalls that I may have. Yeah. In general, I thought Sonic CD was one of the. I don't know. I feel like it's one of the better two D Sonic. I'm not not including Sonic Mania because is that even fair to call it a a Sonic game anymore? I mean, it's. It is a distillation of everything that you like from Sonic made better than you remember. Yeah. That's what Sonic Mania is. I, I thought you'd like to know that the, the Japanese soundtrack has a, the, the main song of You Can Do Anything is apparently referred to as Toot Toot Sonic Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. Wait, 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 before you go, I just want to say, did you, so it's been, it's been declared by the 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 Japanese government it is official Final Fantasy 7 is the best Final Fantasy because it now has an, a national Final Fantasy day January 31st the it's, anniversary it's, of the release of Final Fantasy 7 is now Final Fantasy 7 day it is now it is it's official it's in the books Final Fantasy 7 is the best Final Fantasy and nobody can argue it even if you don't even if you want to you can't it's impossible it's a no other Final Fantasy <laughs> day has a national holiday except for everyone when it releases <laughs>